0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Let's Get Visible, a podcast for small business owners helping them to grow, have a sustainable business, and get more visibility online. I'm Dawes Brown, and I'll be bringing you SEO and digital marketing tips, as well as interviews and conversations with other small business owners. So, let's get started. In this podcast episode, I'm joined by Esther Coleman. Now we recorded this right in the thick of COVID in 2020, so you'll hear a few throwbacks to life as it was then, and as I did, reflect on what we have learned now. Esther is the Director of HR Department, Eastern Suburbs Sydney, who provide outsourced human services support to small and medium-sized businesses. Esther has over 20 years of HR generalist experience holding senior HR roles in both Australia and the UK. She holds a BSc Management Studies degree and a Diploma in HR Management and is also a trained facilitator and mediator. During her corporate career working at a senior management level, she gained a wealth of knowledge and experience in areas such as employee relations and law, performance management, recruitment, training, change management and HR policy and procedures. Her experience across a number of different industries has given her a solid all-round knowledge of the critical HR generalist issues that businesses face. She is passionate about helping SMEs thrive through offering pragmatic and personal advice and is here to support local businesses with everyday people problems that they face. So, let's welcome to the Let's Get Visible podcast, Esther. Thank you so much for making time to join us on the podcast today. I'm so looking forward to chatting to you about that previous experience and that knowledge that you bring to small and medium business owners. And I really wanted to kick off and start with the reason why I guess you went from working with or for other organisations and businesses and why you decided to launch your own.
1: It was a couple of years in the making while I was in my last corporate job, which I really loved and enjoyed. Um, But after a few years, I found with corporate roles, I'd come in, I'd done some quick wins, made some changes, and then it tended to just be maintenance and business as usual. Yep. So I was looking for a new challenge and in the last year of my corporate job, I did an advanced leadership program and really upskilled myself in some contemporary leadership practices and that really ignited me to take on a new challenge and use what I know and my expertise to see if I could run my own business. Mm. My husband has run a few businesses before and uh, I would always say to him, oh, I know I'm much happier in my corporate safe bubble so he was (laughs) I wanted to take this leap and this risk to do it but I was thinking in preparation for this podcast I think my reasons are threefold and it all begins with f nice f words one is well flexibility, so having that flexibility as a small business owner to drive your own an agenda, and that links into the second f, which is freedom to be able to determine who I want to work with and the type of work that I want to do and really to use my strengths yep. and finally, probably the most important one is family. Yes, I have two kids, they're teenagers now, but all throughout their younger years, I was always working full time and it was a juggle and my kids were in childcare and I flipped it and got a bit more flexibility now they're in high school to really help them through those critical years, which has come in very handy during COVID as I've been having them at home and then having to do more school drop-offs and pick-ups. So it's really given me those three things, but it has given me that challenge that I was looking for. It's pushed me out of my comfort zone and it's got me into that Um, zone of learning Um, new things about running a business or learning different awards as I work with lots of different industry sectors.
0: Yes and I guess with that too as you said there's lots of learning that happens but you're going from just and not that it's just but being an employee and working for a company or organisation you're doing that role whereas when you're a You know, a business owner, small business owner, you then start to have to wear many hats. So it's not just what you would necessarily specialize in or the magic that you do, but you need to learn and adapt to all of these other components of running that small business. So when you think back to the three F's, and again, they're all friendly F's, so the flexibility, the freedom, and the family. How did you find that experience, particularly when you launched in, yeah, having to, yes, definitely specialize in the area, you know, of HR, but also take on all of these other additional roles as part of that small business owner, yeah, person?
1: It is true, you do wear many hats, and I have a newfound appreciation of all small business owners, and that's why I love working with other business owners because I am one, and I can relate and learn from them. With family, it was an adjustment. It was really when you first start out, you know you don't might not pay yourself a salary for a few months, and we had to make some adjustments to how we lived as a family, with going from, two parents on kind of corporate level salaries to starting out, so that was an adjustment. But I'm hoping that my kids have benefited from having me home and around a little bit more to to assist them. So it's funny, the many hats you wear as a small business owner, I feel a little bit like that sometimes in HR, you know, one minute I'm a teacher, the next minute I'm a mediator, the next minute I'm a problem solver. Lots of different hats I wear in my everyday work and that's what I really like is that variety. Yes, I do.
0: And as you said, as part of your three F's as well, it's the freedom, which really resonates with me because I found the same thing in working with a digital marketing agency. You had to work with the clients that were given to you. Mm. So the choice really wasn't there to align with necessarily other business owners or businesses that do a certain um, product or service or what have you, you have to work with them because you're working for someone else. So the choice is not yours. So out of all the three F's, yes, absolutely flexibility and family, definitely important. I think the one that I love the most is that freedom to make those choices and work with people that you choose Rather than, yeah, being in that two-way relationship that doesn't always, you know, go the way that, yeah, that you think or plan.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. It, it dawned on me a few months in. When you're in a corporate HR role, you're the HR person. People have to come to you. They have to use you. Yeah. Whereas when you're out there trying to build relationships with clients and wanting them to use your service, they do have a choice. Yes. But to say that choice is two-way. Yes. Or also determine the the types of business owners that we want to choose to work with. And for me, that's ones that are very aligned in terms of values around how they want to create a a thriving culture for their employees, be compliant, do the right thing and not take shortcuts. So it's around, it it really is that two-way street of choosing each other in the process.
0: Absolutely. And I found too in having that choice that... I fell back in love with what I was doing even more. I always loved digital marketing. I always loved SEO. But when I started to do it for myself as that small business owner, I found my passion for it actually increased as well. So do you find that because it is yours, it's your little baby and – you're representing your baby. Yeah. Do you find that your level of passion for what you
1: do also changed? Mm. Yeah, I think it certainly reignited maybe some of the, the passion that I that was waning when I was in yeah. corporate life because it was all very cyclical. It's yes. time for the process. It's time for the performance appraisal process. It, it, and you're dealing with all the same people all the time. For me, that passion has come with the variety of people that I get to work with and really understanding that I can bring value to their business and I can see the changes that we make together really having an impact. So definitely passion for the people has always been there and now being able to deploy that in a different way is really exciting.
0: Love it. Absolutely love it. And you've touched on who it is that you serve, which is the small to medium sized businesses. So as part of the services that you offer, can you tell us just a little bit more about how that process works, particularly say for someone like me or for someone who has a business that has employees, where can you really yeah, fit into that role or that relationship with them in business?
1: I think, yeah, so my kind of ideal business is anyone from someone who's starting up a business, or they may have just wanted to be hiring their first employee, and they need employment contracts, or they need a position description, or they need a performance appraisal process, or they need assistance with recruitment. So it can be right from that very startup phase Mm -hmm. to larger clients who aren't quite big enough to have an internal HR person sitting on their team but it's like having your accountant or your bookkeeper you've got that trusted advisor that's external but in partnership with your business to really help you through your people strategies whether that's how you recruit and retain people how you onboard them how you keep them engaged and also solving problems I think the, there's, there's a couple of times that clients come to me. One is they're starting out and they're, they're not sure what to do and they need help getting that first person on board. Two is they've got a problem. Yes. They may have a, a difficult workers' comp claim or they may have someone who's not performing or someone who's got other issues. And that's where I feel that I can come in and listen and really understand what that problem is and help them come to a solution. So, for me, when I'm starting out with any new client, it's about really understanding their business and how what they do from a people perspective is going to align with what they want to achieve in terms of their business goals. So, if it's growth, how do we support that growth and what skills do you need to move the business forward? And yeah, I work with clients in a couple of different ways and it's very flexible. So, either a pay as you go basis, they say, oh, I need this piece of work doing or on a retained basis where they have me on tap at the end of the phone or the email. And I can write simple, I do a lot of staff communications as well. Oh, I need to send something out to the team around this. And so I can help in, in that way as well. And it's all very, it's not cookie cutter templates and online systems that generate spurt, and, spurt out a contract at the end. It's all very bespoke, yep. tailored, tailored for the business. And that's what I love. I almost feel like, I'm a part of the team of 20 plus businesses that I work with, which is great. Yes
0: absolutely love it and again resonating with me as well I don't do cookie cutter everyone that wants to work with me comes with a different issue that that you're trying to solve and so I think it's important to have that type of tailored service because it is very unique and very different but it's specific to the business that you're working with as well I think definitely templates and automation has a place and a purpose but when yeah working in roles similar to your role and also similar to mine sometimes or you know a lot of the times that doesn't work it doesn't really provide the right support or help that business needs Mm. at that time and without breaking any sort of confidentiality or (laughs) rules like that do you find there are any common issues or areas that pop up for small business Mm. is there something yeah that you can share with us about that
1: I think compliance and ensuring that you're paying your employees correctly and understanding the very complicated modern award system we have is an area where I can really come in and add value because business owners don't want to be reading through 82 pages of an award to see if their employees are covered by that and then how much do they need to pay them. You know, do they pay them according to the award? Do they pay them a salary and over and above award? So, all those different decision-making factors, I can take off that burden and provide recommendations to ensure that they're compliant.
0: Is there a significant difference between small business, medium business, and yeah, I guess some of the common things that you see with them, or is there a commonality between them?
1: I think it's fairly common. I think with small business owners, you need to make sure that you're employing strategies that aren't too over the top that are simple that are pragmatic for their business that aren't going to feel like you're trying to shove a corporate solution into a small business yes you know they're often family owned the business owners know their employees very well and I guess that's another area that I find common is that business owners are so close to their people that sometimes they can't see the wood for the trees and they might internal input or assistance to have a difficult conversation with an employee about something Um, and sometimes I'm called in to help with those difficult discussions because it's a little bit close to home with their own people. People are people, they normally want the same things out of work, they want a challenging role, they want a leader or a manager that is giving them good direction and inspiring them. They want to know how they, what they do contributes to the business and they want to feel valued doing it. It sounds so very simple, but there's a lot of ways that you can achieve that. And I think one of the ways it's easier in a small business is that you don't need to do a massive survey of 10,000 people to work out how your culture is or how your employees are feeling. It's a lot easier to get that feedback from a small business. Yeah,
0: absolutely. That's a awesome. great point. Yeah. <laughs> Simple communication techniques. Mm. And sometimes we forget that in the, yeah, hustle and bustle of trying to get million and one things done. Being on a smaller scale, you are trying to fit in a lot more into your day. And I guess from a yeah, HR perspective, you want to be able to have something that really integrates easily into your existing processes. Because I think when it becomes something that's not adopted it's because people feel like it's going to be too difficult and it's going to be too big and too hard and oh, we will deal with that as an afterthought but the impact that can have on your business if it is left as an afterthought is going to be more work if you just put in the time beforehand and lay those foundations for you then it does reduce the you know the size of things if in hindsight then yeah things turn out the way that you didn't necessarily plan. Wonderful. And and hindsight is actually the next sort of area or topic that I wanted to mention. So when you look back at your many years of experience in HR and then deciding to take that leap because of the 3Fs, is there anything that you would do differently when you think about the way in which you launched your own business and why? Yeah,
1: I, um, this is a hard one. I think there's always things that we'll do differently. The biggest one for me is learning which, where my zone of genius is and where I can add the most value Yes. and not feeling pressured to have to say, yes, I personally can, am the best solution to your problem. So in doing that, I then developed relationships with other more specialist HR professionals, whether that's their experts in coaching or their experts in leadership training or their experts in other aspects of HR, and then not being afraid to say, look, I'm probably not best placed to do that, but here is someone over here that I've worked with and I know and trust, and I think they would be able to provide a great service to you as well. So it's building those referral partnerships in that HR space that when I need, when I feel that a client leads, because I've got a very generalist level of expertise, but I think if a client needs that deep specialist knowledge, then building up um, those partnerships that I can refer to
0: absolutely like did you ever feel pressure to when you originally launched yes as you said you take things on and then sort it out or or deal with it later yeah I think
1: I can't think of a particular instance but I think there always is that pressure early on just to say yes to everything that comes your way and then figure out how you're gonna do it yeah I have taken on some challenges that I've really had to learn quite a bit to be able to deliver yeah Um, that's what got me thinking about I really need to think about who I can refer if it's something that's beyond my level of kind of general generalist expertise
0: yeah and it refines then the way in which you operate and I think it also helps you to work out the things you want to do and the things you don't want to do because it's not that you don't necessarily have you know the knowledge or ability to do it but in running your own business and going back to your 3Fs you want to be able to have the freedom mm-hmm. and the flexibility to go this is the area that I do want to you know be in as you said more of a generalist overall rather than specializing in a particular area like leadership or coaching and so it gives you that ability then to really mold and create a business based on yeah, the things that you do want and the things that you don't. But I think that comes from going through that process and sometimes we have to learn the hard way, don't we? Like we... (laughs) We end up saying yes to things and then in hindsight, we go, that was probably something I could have, yes, sent to an agency or as you said, a specialist. But it really does help you to mould, I think, then your own internal processes and the way in which you even when you kick off. So when someone makes an inquiry with you, you may redesign and reshape the types of questions that you Mm. would ask in that discovery session and making sure that, yeah, they're going to be aligned with you and the way in which you want to run your business with that flexibility and freedom. Yeah, that's
1: right.
0: Yeah. Now, with regards to your visibility, so how many years in total have you been running your own um, business?
1: Since February 2019. So about 15 months. Yep early days yeah.
0: yeah absolutely and in trying to get the word out there and trying to get that visibility for your business because of course it is the let's get visible podcast so I really love to touch on the ways in which when people do go through that launch you know process some of the things that have helped them mm. to really share the message about their business or brand and get them that visibility not just online in a like in person, physical presence as well. So what are some of the things that you've done and what have, what's helped you get that visibility to really build up your brand? Because as you said, you've got over 20 clients that you work on either, as you said, one-off or on a retainer basis. And to build that portfolio, that takes time. And if mm-hmm. no one knows about you, then it's hard to help or serve people if they don't know that you exist. Mm-hmm. So,
1: yeah. I have been spoiled in that I'm part of a franchise group that's pretty big in the UK. So we have a lot of support from them in terms of blogs, uh, newsletters uh, that are written that we can tailor the content or write our own content. So that is really great. And it does take one of my hats off that I can acknowledge and I can also use and draw on the, the brand that's established. And so that's really strong. But... For me it's been an awful lot of networking which I actually really enjoy so initially face to face so joining groups like BNI like Bx being available to do things like this jump on a podcast or run a webinar and becoming known as that credible expert I've written a number of articles I've offered to write articles for you know local newsletters and those types of things And that's another aspect that I've really enjoyed, taking an HR issue and writing. I haven't done writing like that in a long time. So that's been really enjoyable. But a lot of it has been building up a network of other people. And my business grows essentially through a lot of word of mouth, referral marketing. But that doesn't mean to say that I still don't need to have an ongoing presence on Facebook and LinkedIn. So I'm quite active with those Types of posts and activities and sharing relevant information. But networking has been just amazing, just to get out there, meet new people, and the whole principle of how not just what's in it for me, but when I meet a new business, okay, I'm thinking, how can I help them to grow their business at the same time as that they're helping me to grow mine? So that reciprocity partnership if you like and so all those different things have have really made a difference and before COVID I was only really in my office a couple of days a week max I was out and about meeting people seeing existing clients meeting potential new clients so it's been a different type of networking (laughs) it sure (laughs) has yeah very much online but I think you can certainly still create those relationships through zoom and hopefully now we'll be able to get out and have a little bit more face-to-face. I've got two face-to-face coffee meetings this week.
0: Yay! That'll be great. I love the way, though, that you raise the point about that value exchange. Mm. So it's not just looking at another business or another organisation and thinking, how can they help me? it's more about where you can add that value and exchange that value to support each other. One of the things that I've learned, yes, you know, I'm a solopreneur and a small business owner. I don't have employees, but my gosh, I did not get to where I have on my own. Mm. And I think sometimes we forget that, yeah, you might be running your own business, but it doesn't mean that because you don't have a team that you're actually getting to where you're going by yourself. Mm. It takes the love and the support and those coffee chats and those meltdowns and talking about that roller coaster. I call it the Small Business Express. So, when you're going up and then you're coming down and you're spinning around in a circle, unless you are aligned with the right people within your business, then you're still not going to really succeed because Mm -hmm. if you're living on that island and you're thinking I'm doing this by myself on my own and I'm good I'm good I don't need anyone I'm just going to sit here in my corner um, and do my thing I I just don't think that's a sustainable way Mm -hmm. to look at running your own business you most definitely need to align and collaborate with like-minded people whether they are their own you know business or whether they're companies or organizations or whoever they are but actually Actually, looking at that value exchange as you mentioned and understanding that yeah we most definitely didn't get here on our own isolation just sitting here and working away that those that they just make such an impact and such a difference but they also open other opportunities and that's one of the things that I've really loved about not being with an agency or a corporate organization is that in doing it for myself I've had the opportunity and ability to say yes or no to different things that have come my way organically. So it's not even something that I've done with intention. So I haven't necessarily gone out and specifically looked for an opportunity, but opportunities start to come to you because of the way in which you've aligned with other businesses or people or organizations, it's just like this natural flow Mm. and so it doesn't feel forced or it doesn't feel hard or difficult or you just look at it and think, oh, my goodness, this just organically happened Mm. because I'm aligning with people that, yeah, are are on the same page and are thinking the same way. Do you, yeah, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I think, Initially in certain, with having a background in HR, we don't really consider ourselves salespeople. Mm -hmm. And I think there is this misconception that when you go into small business and you're trying to build a business, you've got to be selling. Until I changed my mindset about what selling meant to me, it was a real blocker for me. And so I started to think not about sales, not about the end result, but about building relationships. And really just having, I saw a meeting with a prospective client as a conversation with a purpose. And the purpose was to really understand what their needs were and to see if I could help. So I twisted it around in terms of how am I helping, potentially helping people. And sometimes I might not be the right person to help. And that's okay. Yes. So I think that was something that I found really useful to reframe in my mind what it meant to be a business owner to try and pitch I, I don't think of it that way at all and, and because I'm not thinking that way I'm a lot more relaxed about having those conversations and even talking about pricing at first I was horrified maybe <laughs> it's the conservative English person in me you don't talk about money no <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know obviously a lot more relaxed now about talking about this the investment for x y or z and i feel comfortable with that but it's a very uncomfortable feeling at first because you're selling your own personal self yeah what's in your head yeah Um, so it's about helping the clients understand how you can help them rather than sell them a product
0: i love that and i think i had that um epiphany at an early stage as well after maybe six to 12 months rather than looking at yeah what the services are and what the costs are and feeling really icky about it when you had to mention that to that prospect or to that client I had that change of mind as well and just thought I'm gonna base it around pain points what is it that they're really struggling with at the moment. Like where can I add value to them? Because there's a thousand and one different SEO and and digital marketing agencies and consultants out there. And so the market is very far and wide. If they want to go and do a Google search and find someone who does those services, they're going to find a million and one different results. And What is going to make you stand out is exactly as you said building those relationships, listening to what it is that they're struggling with or what they're not really coping with at the moment, and then having something that's tailored and really bespoke around the best way to support them in that situation rather than looking at it from this is the package, this is the box that you fit in, this is the cost of that box, you either take it or you leave it, and going into that real. Yes, sales mode, mm. rather than really looking at solving a problem. Yeah. so Building those relationships and being that problem solver is an easier way of being able to translate what it is that you do in a more, yeah, just an easy way of doing it rather than feeling like you're having to knock on that door and here's the set of steak knives and I'm going to throw in the lettuce chopper or whatever it is to go with it. It does. It feels really icky. And I think a lot of businesses when they launch go through that growing phase.
1: Yeah. And And I think that's why you you mentioned about the market being so saturated. You can Google any service and get inundated. And that's why building those referral partnerships is so important because when someone, I've had so many clients come to me, they've had a choice and they said, you know what the clincher was because you were referred by, and I really trust them and I trust their judgment. So that is so important when people have such a massive choice as to who they want to use for their HR or their digital marketing or their IT, or there's, there's more and more small business owners out there. And I yeah. after COVID-19, there'll probably be even more. Yeah. people who've got a taste at what it's like working from home and a little bit more freedom and maybe they'll be thinking about, well, now's the time for me to take a leap.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, those, again, you've touched on a great point, the referrals, the like, no trust. If you can gauge that and really have that imparted with a potential client and you've got that word of mouth, it does separate you from all of the other searches and results that come up on Google because you're getting someone that has actually, I said, yes, I I vouch for Esther. I vouch for doors. I know the way that she works and she's worked with us before and we've achieved, you know, great results, but it's really that relationship that you have with them. That's so important. I think even at the end of the day, the product or the service you're delivering is secondary. Like when you've got a good relationship Mm -hmm. with that client, even when things are not going so perfectly, if that's a solid foundation with them, then they'll get the reasons why. Mm -hmm. But if it's just based around that product or service and that relationship hasn't been developed, again, it's not going to be something that's sustainable or or necessarily long-lasting that's right uh, yeah and we've already touched on this but with the naughty c word which is COVID-19 <laughs> we've got naughty c's in this podcast today <laughs> which I love loving this what changes have you had to make you touched on before that this week you've got a couple of in-person coffee catch-ups mm-hmm. which is really exciting I know that sounds yeah, a bit strange but I'm even so excited for you knowing that yeah we've not been able to do that for the past eight or nine weeks but do you feel like covid 19 has either helped or hindered you in business
1: it's an interesting one because very early on when it hit I had a little panic moment and I looked at my cash flow and I thought I need to rein things in yeah then is obviously there's been a lot more working from home I'm a real extrovert so working from home in my little office isn't the best environment for me to be in. To spend a lot of time on Zoom, but then I just fairly quickly became very busy assisting so many clients with what decisions they needed to make about their team based on how their businesses have been impacted. A lot of confirming things in writing, whether it's stands down letters reduced hours, assisting with redundancies, and really giving business owners that peace of mind that they're doing the right thing. And the legislation was changing every five seconds.
0: Oh my goodness. I don't know how you did what can I just say? I don't know how you did what you did because I was struggling. I was struggling as a small business owner to keep up with all those changes. And I'm thinking accountants and HR advisors. Yes. Oh my goodness I'm really feeling for you because they it did change. It felt like every minute you would log on or put the news on put the telly on and there'd be a new rule or a new change or a new thing and it got to the point where I just had to turn everything off and I don't know you're in the industry so it's a bit more difficult to do that but I had enough by the end of it I was like I don't want to know about any more changes and
1: yeah to the Fair Work Act, different pandemic leave, and job keeper and job seeker, and yeah, a whole load of stuff to navigate through. But it was nice to be able to distill that information, make sure I was communicating with my clients. And I did a lot of that over the phone. I'd ring, I'd touch base, and then putting together smaller packages for new clients if they just wanted some temporary COVID support, kind of packaging that up. But also it was quite a balance between knowing what things that I could offer for free, complimentary, as everyone doing their bit, and then what aspects that I really needed to charge for as a small business owner. So that was a little difficult. You don't want to feel like you're putting something together to profit from the situation, but at the end of the day, you still need to be paid for your time and services. So.
0: Absolutely. And I saw lots of that kind of content being shared, particularly on social media, all these different perspectives and points of view of people going, I feel like it's inappropriate in order for people to be selling during this time. And then other people saying, we can't just sit in a cave and watch our own businesses disappear by not speaking and not sharing and not saying what it is that we do. So I think the message around the marketing, particularly around that time, Mm -hmm. was it wasn't that you shouldn't, wouldn't or couldn't, but it was the way in which you said it. And just having the empathy and understanding that everyone is in a really um, different situation and I read another really good thing on socials it was about yes we're in the same storm but we're in different size boats we're not all actually in it in the same way some businesses will thrive during a pandemic such as COVID-19 others will have to close their doors and never be able to open again so it's having that understanding and knowing the way in which you market yourself and what it is and the messaging that you're saying and also knowing that a big thing about being able to have a service or a product that you um, sell or share as your own business people need to have money (laughs) in order to participate and partake in that so if they've got no money if they've had to close their business down the last thing you want to be doing is yeah marketing it to to the wrong audience Mm -hmm. as well so I love the way that you said you had to look at your incomings, your outgoings, and then restructure things so that it was tailored to that particular time and putting together things that were a little bit more specialised or a little bit different to what business was like before Mm -hmm. COVID hit. And how do you think or feel that was received by your clients? Do you think that they could really see the value and appreciated the fact that you were yeah, creating these things specifically for this time?
1: Yeah, there's been a lot of pieces of work that I've done in supporting clients from a working from home perspective. Firstly, for employers to understand what their obligations are around working from home and making sure people are safe, that they're engaged, providing lots of checklists, sounding boards, again, lots of employee communications around that. So I really feel that I've been holding their hands through it and sometimes we've been muddling through it together because it has been an unknown. It's been something unlike most of us have ever experienced before. Yeah, Different even from the GFC. And as you said, some businesses are thriving. I'm still, I've got some clients who are busily recruiting, which is great. And then other businesses are down to, to skeleton staff or they've had to completely change their business model. So I've actually found it, th- a challenging but very rewarding experience to have experienced this and helped people with with the, the people aspect of their business because I think people will have long memories and they will remember how they felt they were treated during this time even in the delivery of bad news and news that isn't great if you're having to re- reduce someone's hours or make a position redundant it's about ensuring that you're doing that following a legally compliant process and consulting, but also with a great deal of, you mentioned earlier, empathy and respect um, and never taking any of those decisions lightly.
0: Mm. And one thing I guess most people will agree on is that the way in which businesses walked into COVID-19 is not the way that they're going to walk out. So I think one of the positive things that we'll see is people thinking about the way in which they're operating their businesses and looking at it from a different perspective and learning how to do things differently. So Mm. if you were predominantly just an in-person shop or restaurant or cafe, having to transfer things and do things online and understanding that, okay, we will get through the other side of this, but perhaps once we do, it won't ever be business as usual again because these are things that you can't necessarily foresee you can't map it in your diary and go on the on the 10th of august such and such you, you just can't anymore and i think it's really opened our eyes to go we can't control everything that happens externally to ourselves or to our own businesses and so that's probably one of the benefits of a crappy situation and a shitty situation is that we're looking at things from a new perspective and one in which we've not necessarily looked at before. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. Now, if you'd like to get in contact with Esther, you can reach her um, in a couple of different ways. So she's on Facebook at the HR department Eastern Suburbs, or you can follow her on Twitter at twitter.com, Esther Coleman HR. And she's also on LinkedIn under Esther Coleman HR department. Lots of value, lots of nuggets in our conversation today. Love hearing about it from a HR perspective because it's completely, yeah, something new and something different to what I'm dealing with on a daily basis. So thank you so much for sharing all of that with us today. And yes, I look forward to staying in touch and meeting and catching up in person with you at Love a networking that. event, yeah, again shortly.
1: Pleasure, Doors. Thanks for having me on. Awesome.
0: Thank you so much. Thanks for giving this show a listen and don't forget to leave your feedback and rating as this would make me very happy. Now, if you want to learn more about me or my services, please jump on over to letsgetvisible.com.au where you'll also find links to my socials so you can connect there as well. Okay, well that's a wrap for another episode so I'll join you next time on the Let's Get Visible podcast.